UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And tonight, we're going to talk about a lot of things about Michigan football. And uh, we might even get to the other story that's brewing in the state uh, with... uh, little bit of the trouble going on in East Lansing, but first we got plenty to talk about in Michigan. First up, recruiting. Well, Andy, what did you think about this recruiting class that Harbaugh just brought in? Well, the fan reaction to this class has been that fans are simply underwhelmed. Uh, the, the flash that they expected to have, the explosion that they expected to have at the end of the year never did occur. They got a lot of uh, three-star people, which underwhelms people, and their low, their ranks far lower than they were ranked his first two years, which I think was four each year, uh, the last two years before this. And so, who knows how it's going to turn out? Hopefully he's gotten the positions he needs, and you have to defer to their judgment. They aren't taking bumps. They're taking people uh, that have some talent, and there's a couple of them that stood out to me, more than a couple, but Cameron McGrone stood out to me the most. He's a defensive player, and he's going to be a good one. Everybody says that he he is approaching a five-star uh, I don't go with the rankings so much, but still, quite often there is some basis of the rankings. If the player isn't just a big running back that did nicely in high school because he was bigger than everybody else, and we've had a couple of those in fairly recent experience. Uh, well, Andy, I, you know, and, and we've beaten the recruiting horse to death over the years. I don't get super excited when they have a highly ranked class, and I guess I'm not super disappointed that we're, you know, depending on what ranking service you're looking at, um, in the 20s. What's most important is, did they get the players they need to fill the gaps that we see on this team? And, you know, when I look at recruiting, there's no recruit that's going to come in in this class and fix the, the biggest problems that I see. You know, you're not going to get three or four offensive linemen who are suddenly going to be starters as freshmen. Um, You know, you might get a quarterback, although the biggest quarterback that we need to to worry about is is the Shea Patterson thing and whether he's going to be eligible or not. So I don't don't get real excited. I mean, this is one of those off-season things that Harbaugh has been the master of the first couple years here. And obviously this is not... This will probably be the first offseason that he doesn't have a big win, um, and, and you know re- recruiting is one of the reasons why. So, I, you know, I, I get a little upset. Um, you know, you have people getting down on the recruits that they do have. And listen, anybody who wants to come play football for the University of Michigan has talent. You touched on that, and the big thing is, you know, where are we going to be with this class in two or three years? I mean, you you see teams that don't necessarily end up in the top of the rankings, but they get the players that fit their system. Now, a whole other discussion is, what system are we running on offense? I don't know, I mean, but that that's a whole other deal, which, which kind of leads us into the next news. Um, 
So Michigan has brought in yet another cook to steer the offensive pot. What do you think about the uh, the hiring of the former Florida coach? Uh, and again, I always struggle with his name, Jim uh, Jim McKelling. Jim McKelling? How do we even say that, Andy? McKelling, I think. Now you've got me confused that too, but I think it's McKelling. All I know is that at yeah, no time, Andy. The yeah, only thing, Andy. The only thing I know is. At no time when watching that Michigan-Florida game did I ever think, look at their offense and go, yeah, we need some of that here. I mean, so, um, but, so, so what do you think about well, well, him coming he, in? Well, he, he was, he was OC at, at Alabama for a while. He was there for a while, and they were outstandingly um, successful during that time period. But he hasn't been able to do it anyplace else that I know of. I mean, whenever, but, you know, when you say that, I think of our last Alabama um, retread that we got in Nussmeyer. So, so I hate to be full of doom, gloom, and, and, uh, and, uh, and unhappiness, but, you know, again, lots of people are good at Alabama. How many people are good when they leave? Um, but I'm kind of taking the same tack that I take in recruiting. If Harbaugh wants to bring him in, well, it's going to be on Harbaugh. You know, the thing about about this guy is there was the whole mini brouhaha about him saying that he got death threats and them not being able to validate the death threats. You know, it kind of looked like he was yeah. kind of, you know, it kind of looked like he was kind of, you know, playing the, the woe is me card. And, you know, if you think you got a lot of attention in Florida, you're going to have tons of attention here. It'll be interesting to me how much of a uh, how much of a free uh, reign they give him when talking to the media. Um, you know the the smart ass in me almost wants to ask every week, Coach, any death threats? But you know that's that's probably not the way to to endear yourself. But again, I just wonder. It seems like this guy has had trouble with the spotlight, and the spotlight is especially with with the down year last year here. The spotlight's going to be on everyone. So we'll have to see how he deals with that. What was, what was a little uh, disturbing to me is that I didn't hear any other names that did turn me on, like Cameron did not. And it just seems like we went out there and searched and came up with put a net out, and the fish we got weren't really the fish that we wanted. Um, like I said, I'm underwhelmed on this hire now. One thing that we should mention that is really, really good about it is right now he's earmarked to be the receiver's coach. Last year they went with a student assistant. You saw the results. I wasn't uh, wasn't impressed with the progression of the receiving core. The tight ends were the best receivers that we had. They were the most productive. And uh, that was supposed to be when we started the season the most pre- productive position group on the team and it just didn't turn out that way so so something has been done but can you believe at his salary that he's not going to have other duties here someplace along the line it's going to be interesting is Drevno going to be the o- O-line coach and not the coordinator anymore how is Pep going to Hamilton going to uh, fit into the mix? Are they going to have too many, too many chefs in the kitchen again? 
too many cooks in the kitchen again like they had last year. And some of us, like me, really believe that that had an effect on it. Because last year, I thought, overall, offensively, their play calling stank at times. Their game management was not good. But the, the, they've, they've got a lot to approve, uh, improve on offense. And the fact of the matter is that the best players they get slot into defense. I mean, I even recall how uh, we got Aiden Hutchinson coming in, and he's he's going to be a fine defensive uh, player, and his dad was too when he became an All American at Michigan. Yeah, but uh, but but Andy, just to say, at, he became at offensive tackle. See, I, they switched him from his dad from, and I'm wondering if they're going to switch this kid. See, I, I guess the problem I have is that defense isn't our problem. So, um, and, you oh know, yeah, you're right. It's not. So it, it's interesting to me is that you know I remember you know when we hired when it leaked out that we hired Dan Enos, and it, what turned out to be his cup of coffee here before he went, before he got swooped in and 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 uh, taken by Alabama, I wasn't impressed with that pick. So how do you think I feel about? You know the second round pick after that, or the you know the, the leftovers, and and you know I'll tell you at least uh, one thing. You know this. You know Jim McCullen is one coach that we don't have to worry about Alabama swooping in and taking. So apparently uh, we have achieved one goal. Um, so again, it's just a weird off season with Dan Enos coming in for you know the week or two he was here and then leaving, and then uh, you know if if you had. If you'd said, if I'd given 100 names of coaches who might come in, I would not have guessed the one that we got. So we'll have to see how that goes. Well, when you speak of investing, we certainly have invested because we got a couple of them that are going to make about a million bucks being assistant coaches there. Uh, Drevno and Hamilton are, are highly paid, and the rest of them are too. So we're paying the dollars. Let's hope that we get what we pay for. Yeah, and I mean, I think we're on the same page. I kind of wondering what we're paying for because it's definitely not perform. It's definitely not performance on the field, right? Not yet. Now, well, last, last year was an overall offensively. I I forget the number of touchdowns that they uh, um, scored, but it wasn't anything to write home about. Wasn't very good nationally. Wasn't very good in the Big Ten. And the level of the offense has to come up to the level of the defense. And when they do, we're going to have one heck of a team. They are going to be great. But we got to raise the level. And they're not recruiting as well. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think they're recruiting as well on offense as they have on defense ever since uh, Coach Harbaugh has been there. Now, you have to build a defense to win, but you need to score some points, too. Now, what have, they got a new system in mind, the RPO system, you know, on pass options, stuff that uh, uh, Harbaugh said that the Eagles ran it to perfection against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and he looked at that uh, very strongly. And uh, maybe if we do get the quarterback that we want from Mississippi, that uh, from Old Miss, 
we'll be we'll be into a new scheme, and that's going to be interesting to watch. All of this is going to this is going to break down to a most interesting and critical football year for us for Michigan, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I, I guess my my disappointment is that here we are heading into the fourth season and we have not seen Jim Harbaugh recruit and develop a quarterback of his own yet. And I think that that is one of the biggest surprises that I have. If you told me, you know, three and a half years ago or almost four years ago, um, that that would be the case, I wouldn't have believed it. And, you know, one of the, one of the defenses of this, of this new coaching hire as well, his offenses stink, but he didn't really have a quarterback because his quarterback, you know, ended up missing the season. And, and I'm like, well, yeah, guess what? Guess where we are? We don't have a quarterback right now. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, what happens. But, you know, Andy, right before we started the podcast, I went and checked the, uh, the website for the, for the coaching staff to see if they've updated it. I mean, you still have... Um, you know, they signed Ed Warner, who has a, a history with Michigan State and Ohio State. And he's a part of the staff, but he has no title as of yet. So I wonder... Yeah, that's, 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 is he going to be just an advisor, or is he going to be a hands-on, on-the-field coach? We still don't know what his role is going to be, do we? Well, and, 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 that's, and that's the point, is that I, I'm not sure that we've we've seen the final... Die. I don't know if the final die has been cast on our coaching staff as of yet, because it's hard to imagine a guy with his experience, um, you know, coming in as. I mean, they say he's just going to be an analyst, and that's kind of an odd move at this point. So we definitely have a lot of things to to resolve. Now, now here's the good news. Okay, with all this doom and gloom and 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 unhappiness, um, you know, you know, I look at it as. Boy, I wonder how Harbaugh is going to get out of this one. You know, how is he going to turn things around? I, I think he is. I just... I do too. I don't know how he's going to do it. I mean, I guess we're sitting here with our popcorn, sitting back. Well, how are you going to get out of this one? And, and that's that's kind of how I feel. Now, I think he will, but the way, fo- the way forward is not clear to me. You know, if, if, is it Shea Patterson? Um, you know, is it, is it uh, you know, is it Joe Milton? Uh... You know, there's even a there's even a chance that Will Spate might come back. So it just seems. Yeah, but I don't I don't give that much play. But but you know, one thing that's been bad is is that we've always had to import a, a quarterback from some other school and and try to tune him up to the Michigan system and so forth. And we haven't had one that Harbaugh has you know, that have been in Harbaugh's quarterback culture for their full career, learned here, dedicated to Michigan, you know. We've had these guys that essentially turned out to be bookmarks, like Spade and O'Corn. Jake Rudolph turned out pretty pretty darn well for that kind of a situation that he was in in that first year. But other than that, they've been placemarks. Now you got Peters and McCaffrey coming up, and I think McCaffrey's going to, if he's gained a little weight, if he's a little bigger, he might even get some play this year, especially if we don't get Mr. Patterson out of uh, Old Miss. 
Now, what, how will you feel if the NCAA slams the door shut on that? You know, how I'll feel is that coming into our fourth year, we should have a quarterback on our roster who can play. And I think that, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of these these transfers. Um, and, and it's I don't like that we've been dependent on them. Now, um, obviously, exactly. obviously, Spate has been here, you know, his whole career. So I really, you know, I can't count him as a transfer. But again, O'Corn was a transfer. Rudek was a transfer. Now we seem to be pinning our hopes on another transfer. And, and again, I don't like it. But, you know, this is this is Harbaugh's program. And I do think he's going to turn it around. I, I mean, and I don't mean to sound, uh, you know, sarcastic. I, I really think he will. I don't know how you're going to do it. I mean, you know, we have some systemic issues. Um, we haven't developed quarterbacks, and we've had a bad string of luck um, developing offensive linemen. And what I don't like is that's very reminiscent of, uh, you know, the previous couple regimes here. I think the only really outstanding quarterback we've had is Denard Robinson, and you could make a strong case that he was really a great running back who threw sometimes. Yes. Um, sure. But I'll tell you, I would, I would uh, love to see that kind of talent, you know, at the quarterback position. We we just haven't seen it. So. So. Me too. It hasn't been there a long time. So, Andy, the other, the other kind of drama we have here is, uh, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, the, the off season and, and recruiting. You know, Harbaugh's first year we were at Hill Auditorium, and then. The next year we were at Chrysler Arena, and watching the uh, the press conference, there was about eight or nine people, and and you know I'm okay with it. I, I I've never liked the off season stuff, you know the winning the off season. I, I don't want to win the off season. I want to win the real season. So you know, I, I think Harbaugh his first two years did a masterful job. In putting Michigan, uh, putting Michigan into the uh, into nationwide discussion, and all that publicity, I don't think harmed Michigan at all. But I don't think that's something you have to can uh, continue every year. And obviously, he doesn't either because he's sure laying low this year. In comparison, now the recruiting situation changed with the early signing date. So you don't have the big splash. I mean, a lot of that just automatically went away. You know the big splash that they had, but but Harbaugh's done a good job, and the off field hasn't hurt Michigan at all. And I don't think it's. But I don't know if this overseas stuff does detract from how much work they do, how much concentration they have on football in the spring. But it's it's a heck of a nice event for the kids to go through. I wish somebody paid me to go to. I paid. Paid my tuition. I shouldn't say paid me, but paid my tuition to go to Paris or to, you know, uh, overseas at all, and do the things that uh, that they've done to Italy and stuff. So it's been great for the students, and I think on 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 the on the whole, it's been very very good for Michigan. Now, how it'll be when somebody gets in trouble over there? For some reason or another, 
and somebody might. You've got a whole bunch of kids going over there, and you can't tuck them in individually every night on a trip like that. So we'll see how it goes. But Harbaugh, the, the Harbaugh persona that he displayed last year has definitely changed, has it not? Yep, yep. And again, I, I have no problem with winning the off season, but, you know, again, it, it's 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 a sideshow. So now... Yes, that's I, right. That's if, a good way to put it. You know, I'm fine with them traveling. I'm fine doing whatever you want. But what I really care about is winning the regular season. And, you know, no amount of winning in the off season is going to, is going to distract from... You know where we've been. So, um, Andy, you know we've talked about Michigan. We've we've talked about a number of issues going on there. Uh, we have another story, uh, a sad story, happening here in the state of Michigan. Um, the fallout of the uh, the scandal up at Michigan State, where the um, doctor who works with gymnasts and and other athlete other female athletes in the athletic department and the U.S. gymnastics team. Uh, at last count, over 260 victims have, have come forward, and uh, he's been sentenced to prison for the rest of his life. And uh, there's been a fair amount of, of political chaos up there, as the university president and the, and the athletic director have resigned, and you have interims in. Um, and, you know, I, I think... There's a certain point where we go back and forth and, and we, we kid Michigan State fans about about sports and, and it's kind of a fun rivalry. Um, this is a whole other issue. It's a whole separate deal and, you know, much more serious, much more grave. And, and I, I have to say that, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of investigations going on and, you know, from, from a lot of different entities. And I've been really kind of disappointed at the way that, that they've circled the wagons. And, um, you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, and, and I don't like to get political, but it kind of reminds me of, you know, the, the, the tack that the president has taken where if anything comes out that's detrimental to him or any group comes out and criticizes him, he accuses them of fake news. And that's exactly what Michigan State has done here with the investigation by ESPN. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's fake news. They're out to get us. And no story here. And it's really, it's really kind of disgusting. What do you think? Well, it absolutely is disgusting. But a couple of comments that I've been making on that is, one, that it can happen any place because of the nature of people of mankind. Can just happen any place, and um, there was an. I read some place in the paper, or at least I saw in the Lansing News, they were quick to put in that the University of Michigan had a doctor that had worked there that is under uh, indictment for pornographic charges. But the difference is that apparently his license has been removed, and he's no longer practicing medicine. And he's no longer at Michigan. I don't know what his, you know, what his, uh, I haven't tried to research that at all, but I did hear that anyway. Well, but, but here's what, what, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just. Uh, 
Here's what I'm getting from the people at Michigan State. The news and the things that the student groups are saying are all right online. They're sorry that this happened. They don't like the containment theory, the containment idea that's been there for the past 20, 30 years. They don't like uh, people, the women that are reporting this kind of stuff, that for them to be in, abused in everything. And the faculty has had a vote of no confidence for the Board of Trustees. And, and I don't know where Governor, ex-Governor Engler is going to come down, uh, but it seems hard for me to believe that there can be an unbiased judgment by someone who is both cronies with so many of the people that are investigating, like the um, uh, prosecutor in Ingham County, they are political allies. It seems to me that they're floating out another highly charged political effort for containment. I think that board of trustees should be gotten out of there. And what Engler is saying about that is that, oh, there are two of them are going to get out of there in, the, in, in November anyway or, you know, next well, year anyway. Well, I mean, Andy, I mean, you have the, the faculty has, has voted on a, a, a vote of no confidence on the trustees. And I think that, you know, and you alluded to it, so... We have 260 cases up in Michigan State. Oh, and there's one over here at Michigan you guys aren't paying attention to. Okay, listen, you can't ignore the 260. And you know what? Whatever happened at Michigan is terrible, and they should take care of it. But that doesn't make your 200, that doesn't make your 260 any less terrible. And I, I will tell you, you know, we can say that, you know, this could happen anywhere. And, you know, we, we can make, you know, broad declarations of that. But the problem is the initial problem can happen anywhere, but you're supposed to have a system of checks and balances in place to keep it from turning into 260. Okay? And I think the problem that, that, that Michigan State has right now, and you know we've talked about this in other areas, is that you have everyone from ESPN to the FBI to state oversight, everyone is looking at every decision that's been made over the last 10 or 15 years. And you know, if anybody spends enough time looking at everything, you're going to find something that that looks a little, you know. And again, this is almost a defense of Michigan State of, you know, things that may have made perfect sense at the time now look bad. Well, guess what? When you have 260 people, women, abused, they're going to come back now and look at every decision. And, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting is you have Tom Izzo, who's the face of the program, who who can't avoid a spotlight if he wanted to. And, you know, he said some really ill-advised things when the scandal broke. And and now it's turning out that there's, you know, some things in the basketball program that look a little interesting. And it's one of those things. You can't, you know, the right way to deal with this is 
we screwed up, we're going to fix it, we're sorry, here's how, we, here's how we're going to fix it. What's happening in Michigan State is, oh, something happened, uh, we had nothing to do with it, oh, look, there's a problem over here, too. And, and that's just a really, it's a stupid PR move. And ultimately, I, I think that, you know, it is not going to benefit them. Um, you know, and again, however, you know, if you want to bring in Engler as, as your interim president and have Blanchard advise them, I mean, it looks like you have a whole bunch of insiders all looking to cover for Michigan State, and and the chips are going to fall where they where they may, and you know, this is this is this well, is not going to be over yeah. in a week or a month. When they come to when they come to these uh, civil lawsuits. There's going to be discovery in these. If they don't settle and they go through with the lawsuit, then there'll be discovery and there'll be people under an oath and people risking a chance at jail if they don't tell the truth and they'll get the truth. These dominoes will fall where there's subpoenas going out and people put it being put under oath and that'll happen in these civil trials if they wish to pursue them and don't just pay the money. So this this brings me to a thing I wanted to get at is I know I my daily life puts me into contact with a lot of Michigan State people and a lot of them are very fine people, good sports fan, legitimate interest in their team, a lot like us. They love their team just as much as we do and all that. But now they are beginning to marshal themselves, some of them that I know behind uh, uh, Angler and this idea of con- political containment, which I think it is. And, and, and they're just saying, well, the athletic director should sue everybody because he was unfairly tossed out of his job. And my answer to that is, in the first place, he quit. He wasn't fired, and he quit so that he would retain his benefits. He's getting a heck of a lot of benefits out of that uh, thing. And they, they're saying they should sue uh, ESPN all over the place. And every ESPN comes up with these tidbits, and they are fake news. You went, you went into that a little bit, you know, and all of that. They get into that. Well... Uh, he's not going to sue anybody because he's not going to risk discovery. He's not going to risk being put under oath. Well, and having and Andy, let, Andy let's be serious. That's just idiotic. Okay, first of all, the guy's not even the athletic director anymore. He's not going to be suing anybody. So I mean, I, I think that. You know, I, I don't want to get down into the mud with the with the with the stupid stupidity. Um, I mean, again, Michigan State's going to have to deal with this. I think they have a long road ahead, and uh, you know, I, I you know, I think the the way I'm going to end it is, you know, when somebody's digging a hole, you just get out of their way, and that's how I feel about Michigan State right now. You know, they are digging a hole for themselves. And the best idea is to get out of the way so you don't get caught with the with the back end of a shovel as they're digging themselves deeper and deeper. Um, you know, I, I hope that um, you know the victims find justice, and more importantly, or, or and additionally, 
I hope that procedures are put in place to keep this from ever happening again. Um, so, so anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGobal.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.